This is Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Ed Farm Joe. And I'm here, not as always, back from the grave. Producer L. Greg, you look good. It's good to be back in the chair. I was going to say the producer chair, but that's not my role this evening, although I could still do some producing. But I'm happy to be back Uh, from the grave. All of you guys that thought I was really dead. That was just Brennan being Brennan. Yes. And Brennan is, uh, he has his vacation today. So, you know, Greg was able to tap in and come in in relief. We'll be talking about baseball later. So that'll make a little sense then. So as always, you got something to say? I was just Uh, moving forward in my chair. Ah, ah. As always, we'll start with the kickoff where we discuss some of the bigger topics going on in sports, notably the NFL, probably some college and definitely some World Series talk. Then we'll get into the quick hits where we discuss a few things, you know, NBA just started up, NHL getting going. And then we had a big fight this weekend. Uh, And then, you know, we're going to skip the walk off because Greg, I didn't want to make him do an essay. It's too much work. All right. And also, I wanted to give myself a day off. Um, And then we'll go into the press conference where we'll pet our wares, which is not a lot of wares this time. So, as always, with no further ado. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Greg, there are a bunch of stakers this week in the NFL. I don't know if you agree with me or not. Well, I, you know, I hear people, I mean, matchups were not, there was probably only one that anybody was looking forward to, uh, but you know, I'm always excited to see some NFL players play some other NFL players. So there's never any stinkers in my book. All right. Well, the game of the week, we're played between two stinker teams. Uh, game of the week, best game, honestly, came down to it was the Atlanta Falcons versus the Miami Dolphins. Greg, did you happen to catch this one? I had the red zone channel on, so I was catching the big plays and another down to the wire game for the Dolphins. And yeah, actually, yeah, uh-huh. uh, it's actually a fun game. It was a back and forth game. Uh, the Dolphins started up early, and then they gave the ball away, and they kept giving the ball away to a, it's a terrible week to throw two interceptions when all the talk is that they're going to eventually part ways with you. Um, but he had four touchdowns. Uh, the defense really was the, which was their calling card going into the season, couldn't hold their own after that last touchdown. They gave it that big play to Pitts on the sideline, and it's just like, well, there goes the ball game. <laughs> hey, yep. Kind of reminiscent of London a week before, losing it, losing yeah. it last second. But, yeah, you know, and, there's and, a little hope in Miami land, I would think. I mean, Tua, I mean, it gives you a shot. Just um, seem to be able to say, put them over the top. To your point, the same thing happened twice. So it's like put Tua has put them in position to win, and then the defense kind of fumbles it away. Um, yeah, you would like to be up by more, but you got to hold on to whatever leave you have. For sure. Yeah, I mean Atlanta. Yeah. It's it's they show signs like once in a blue moon to be effective, but these two teams, like you said, were stinkers and. In the grand scheme of things, this game's not going to matter much, but in Tua's career as a Dolphin, who knows? Yeah, this may be a big thing because trade deadline's coming up, and as I said, people are talking. But um, Kyle Pitts, explosion of a game today. First major game as an NFL pro. Wanted to shout him out. Um, I, Matt Ryan is... I, are we near the end? Do you think we're near the end on Matty Ice? I think, I mean, he's he's better than another backup for another team, but he's not in the top 15 starters at the moment. So, I don't know. I mean, he's good enough to play in the NFL still, but he's not good enough to make you a contender. So, what does Atlanta do? They've got to move on, I think. Maybe he can go be a veteran backup somewhere if he wants to continue his career, but I don't think you see him in the playoffs again. Not as a starter. Yeah, I concur. Uh, Young Wei Koo came on, delivered the final kick, nailing the coffin as he always does. Yeah, he, I don't think he's, has he missed a kick this year. I was looking at his stats. Every one of his kicks were right down the middle. I was like, that's very, didn't matter the distance. Like that guy has perfect aim. 
especially with the kicking woes that have been going on this year, to see that it's kind of a it's a, it's a bright light in the midst of all these dark clouds. For sure. Jesus H. Um, but all right. Enough. Also, this is going to be a quick episode, folks. Quick episode. So on to the next one. All right. This was one of the games that I had my eye on, Greg. Um, and I, we could talk more about the game itself than the game itself, if that makes any sense. But Cincinnati Bengals go into Baltimore. Sidebar, has every Baltimore game been at home? I feel like every time they play, they're at home. <laughs> it seems like I it. might be going crazy, but I feel like every game they've played has been out, except the Monday night first game in Oak, uh, not Oakland, Las Vegas. I feel like every game they've played have been at home. But Cincinnati goes in. Apparently, Lamar Jackson had beaten them 10 times or nine times, if you didn't know. And he had never lost in October. And Joe Burrow and company went in there and they put a hurting on them. That's a big plays. It's what you need to some splashy plays just to get the other team off their game and splash. And it's a division rival. And it's that I mean, it's, it's an important game for sure. This early. And yeah. I don't know. Baltimore uh, is still an elite team, but they're losing some of these close ones and they barely won some close ones also. So it's a interesting team. They have the talent. They're going to be there in the end, but made for a good game and upset yeah, as it was. They couldn't get much going on the ground outside of Lamar, um, but I just feel like their defense has seen a bunch of injuries like Marcus Peters got hurt like right before the season and stuff. And you can see that today because Joe Burrow threw for 400 and Jamar Chase had 200 and a TD. And the fucking CJ Uzumama or whatever, somebody picked him up last second against me and one of my fantasy teams. So sorry if I'm being dismissive of your name. But yeah, he he went off for three catches, two TDs, 91 yards. They were they were unstoppable through the air. Is Chase the MVP right now? <laughs> uh, he's the rookie of the year. He's definitely rookie of the year. <laughs> MVP <laughs> candidate. It's just, it seems that he, hey, Burrow was injured last year, but this team with that guy, he just does it every yeah. week. And it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. Lamar was off target for most of the day. Um, he had a huge run that ended up getting called back because of a hold that probably could have changed this game somewhere in the third quarter. But um, yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati may be for real. It sounds weird to say. Also, I had a theory. I, I, I've yet to spoken this theory out loud. I think I have once or twice in very earlier episodes. But when a team goes from bad jerseys to good jerseys, they get better. When a team goes from good jerseys to bad jerseys, they get worse. I give you the Atlanta Falcons. Once they changed their jerseys last year, immediately became terrible. The Browns went from those college high school unis back to their old unis, instantly got better. This year was notwithstanding. Yeah, I was I used to have a helmet thing. As I always said a team with a white helmet will never win the Super Bowl again until the Colts proved me wrong in rainy uh, Super Bowl against I, nothing bad about the helmets. It just seemed like it was the Jets who would go back and forth between white and green. You never mm. know what you're going to have. But the Colts. Uh, the Titans at the time, uniforms. you know, had white helmets. And oh, it's just all it seemed like, and the Cardinals were nothing, you know. Then mm. it's uh but now it's but all I can, changed. I can see the point you're making. The Colts definitely but, did shake that whole thing up, but you had a good little point going for a while there. But yeah, yeah so I get all it that with the jerseys. Say, the jerseys are important. Bengals got to good jerseys and now they're they look they feel good, they look good, and they play good. Yeah, and and the down AFC West this year makes it even easier on them. It's a I mean, AFC period. I'm sorry, AFC that's what North. I meant. The AFC this year. I mean, yes, we're about to talk about another game that balance of power shifting a little bit. Yep, let's get right to it. All right, Greg, tell the folks the game you're alluding to. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. Not too long ago, considered maybe the best player in the league. 
<laughs> going ever, into Tennessee, ever. Tennessee after a huge game, there uh, they had another one. <laughs> yeah, they, they had out. that big Monday nighter taking on Buffalo, beat them last second goal line stand, and then they get Kansas City coming in on a short week, and you think, oh, Kansas City should be able to march up and down the field like they do every week, but not so fast. <laughs> They didn't march at all for 60 minutes. It was a weird, weird offensive game for the Chiefs, but it was their defense that once again struggled. It reminded me of an Oklahoma Sooner defense. <laughs> Can't stop yeah. anybody. But uh, they got – Yeah, it, it was, was – They had a running back, though, a touchdown against them. They had a – It was just uh, – Mahomes was off all day, and as even before, he got his head ripped off. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was yeah. uh, it was a bad bad day for the Kansas City Chiefs. It looks like Mahomes will survive that injury. He mm. uh, he Made passed protocol. the protocol, but he's going to be yeah. sore tomorrow, especially in the oh, sure. spinal area, Head, neck area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, so this was the the score ended up being twenty seven three. Mahomes, the first game he started for them that he hasn't scored a touchdown or they haven't scored a touchdown. The turnovers have fall. I don't know. Have they just been getting lucky the last three years? And all of these turnovers that were may have should have happened just didn't happen? I don't know if they're just playing different defenses. They're playing more man because they know if they have a guy anywhere near the receiver his pass might be <laughs> within their reach because you never know what angle is coming from, where it's coming from. There was a run where he had a run today where it looked like he uh, just dropped the ball on purpose. <laughs> and he had like a 15-yard <laughs> run. And then he fumbled like out of the blue. And that's when yeah. I started the, uh, hmm, is this guy tanking? <laughs> I know he's not, <laughs> but it was just such a weird turnover. And It's, it's, it's I don't, so it's, bizarre at this point. It is very bizarre. I they went beat, from uh, one of the highest scoring teams last year to now they're three and four, seven games into the season. Mahomes has more picks this year than he had last year and the year previous, where I believe six and five. He has like eight or nine now. They have they have more turnovers turnovers than the Jags. I think the offensive line is struggling, even though I mean when well, they lost everybody last year. Yeah, and they kind of put this one together with tape and glue. So it's uh, he can't do it all by himself, and he's having to. Not much of a running game. I mean, Edwards Hilaire is out for most of the season, foreseeable future. And uh, well, I think you made a good point where he doesn't have to do it all himself. But I think his problem is he does think he has to do it all himself. He overforces the issue. He'll try to like the play where he got hurt. That's a that's a textbook Carson Wentz play right there. Getting tackled, going to the ground, but you're still trying to throw a pass. Just take the sack and call it a oh, day. It happened uh, an hour or so ago against yeah, San Francisco. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he almost handed the so, ball yeah, off to like, the linebacker. It was great. It's like, man, you, you got to know to live another day. You're your health is more important than this one pass. Like there's going to be other attempts. There's going to be other passes. There's going to be other dropbacks. Stay healthy and don't do too much. Nothing good comes out of doing too much. Yeah. But like they're what two games back from the Raiders. Uh, they're, they're still in it, but they have to make some changes. I mean, they, they may have to make some trades at the deadline because they need help on defense. They need something on offense. I mean, Kelsey, if you uh, got him in the fantasy draft, you're uh, pretty Ooh. disappointed. If you're a, a friend of so ours who picked him first, first overall, overall <laughs> it's very upset. Um, yeah, so what was I going to say? So I think it was like a couple years ago, the year, not the year they won the Super Bowl, but the two years prior to the Super Bowl when Nagy was the O.C., before he went on to Chicago and when Doug Peterson was the OC before he went on to Philly, both those years where they ended up getting the head coaching job afterwards in those years, they weren't playing as effectively as they had been. And as people thought, so Andy Reid gave up the 
play calling duties. Now, I wonder if he'll do that again to try to give the team some kind of spark or something, but something needs to change offensively. Now, their defense, they can't help it. Those players are bad. They have good players at certain levels, but as a collective, Spags just can't get it together right now. So their offense has to be their defense effectively. So they something has to change, whether it's the play calling, whether it's the personnel groupings, something has to change. Yeah, I don't think they're adjusting to the capabilities of their offense right now. I mean, you got to see what they're good at and what they can be effective at instead of just trying to run everything that's worked in the past because it obviously isn't yeah. working right now. So you got to make adjustments on the fly and we'll see if they can do that. They have It's a long season. I mean, we're only what, seven games in. We got yeah, 10 more seven, games, 10 games, man. <laughs> so yeah, with the extra game, I wouldn't be panicking if I'm Kansas City because they know they have the experience and they've got talent. They just got to somehow put it together. Before it's too Kansas late. City. Kansas City. Kansas City. One more round. Alrighty. This is where we get into it real fast. Real fast. Greg. Did you did you watch the worst game ever today? <laughs> I like I said, I was watching uh Red Zone channel, so I didn't see much of it because there wasn't a lot of highlights. <laughs> I know it was a weird score. Oh my god. They had a really weird score. There was a five for most of the game. Yeah, it was 5-3 at a point. A uh, real baseball score, if you will. Um, I, I uh, wish Brennan was here so I could smack him in the face with the... With the with Sam the, Darnold. With, with, yes, with the carcass that is Sam Darnold and his career. Because once you get benched in this game, back at the Meadowlands, for P.J. Walker, who from the XL fame, like... It's done. It's over for you, my guy. Like he could not. He's so bad. It's it's not. I'm also Kyle. I told you when you made that trade. Terrible decision. Good thing you had Burrow as a backup. But God, Sam Darnold's terrible. Yeah, the only thing he had going for him earlier in the season was somehow he was running the ball and making plays with his feet, and uh, he had more to throw to, making plays for him. But it's not enough to sustain. And he got benched, and uh, they're saying he's going to start again next week. But now they're in the trade talks for uh, someone who may yeah. should not be named, possibly <laughs> Miami. Yeah. Also, in the so so the the thing was Carolina. Carolina's fool's goal. And I called it early because their first two of their first three games were bad teams. The one game that confused everybody, and it's the most confounding thing ever. Now, they played the Jets. They played the Texans. But they beat the Saints after the Saints had just beat the Packers. And everybody was like, well, maybe they're good. And I was like, guys, Sam Darnold, their defense is better. But Sam Darnold, and then they went on to lose to the Cowboys, the Eagles, who should not even be discussed anymore, and then the Vikings. Uh, so and now the Giants. The Giants ended up putting twenty five on them. Um, Daniel Jones still not good to me. I don't care. I don't care. It's not good. Yeah, it's just there's a weird. Uh, if you go back, go to Brandon's tier system, but for quarterbacks, it's uh, there's a weird <laughs> tier that guys that are good enough to play in the NFL are getting starting jobs, and they're keeping them because yeah. there's only a handful of guys that are. You know, not even elite, but just good. You also, know? decisions were made. They drafted him, so they kind of have to stick. They, they feel like they have to stick by him over the um, the Josh Rosen model. Now, they haven't gotten a number one pick again, but Josh Rosen, the next year, they're like, we can get Kyler Murray. Fuck Josh Rosen. But a lot of teams won't make that decision. They'll ride out their guy for as long as they can. The detriment of their team. Yeah. They're going to have to do it through free agency, probably. Well, they have a high draft pick this year. But there's so many teams that are going to be vying for that second, third, and fourth pick. It's wild. Mm. It's still early, like I said. But I was going to say, coming into this week, I thought you thought you knew who the really bad teams were and who the great teams were. But now, I mean, yeah, it's a... We know one really bad team. One more round. Well, but they put up a fight week in and week out. So I love talking about them. The Detroit Lions shocked the universe when they went up 10-0 on the Rams in the first quarter. They got a what? There was an onside, onside kick immediately. Kick. 
onside kick, punt. got the ball back, scored a touchdown. Then they had a fake punt in their next possession. Uh, and it, it, it was, it looked so good then. And then, you know, the talent disparity came into play and the Rams kind of pulled off. Well, you um, got to see the difference between the swapped quarterbacks, you know, as Stafford just looks yes. so comfortable behind in that blue uniform, blue and gold. Mm. And Goff just is running for his life, just looking confused every snap. And so it was pretty impressive that they hung with him as long as they did. Yeah. The, it's uh, pretty much until the Rams, the, are, the final Rams are a good team. The Rams um, are solid. And the Josh, they were able Josh to overcome. Pick. I was thinking today when, um, just to go quickly back to the Kansas City, Tennessee game with mm. Kansas City not stopping them at all after they get a field goal in the first half. Why not just kick onside kicks the rest of the game? Because <laughs> your defense can't <laughs> well, stop them. So you might as well try kicked, to get they, the ball back. They attempted another field goal late. And I was like, that's not what you need right now. That's not going to help you whatsoever. But um, yeah. so the, I will say this. The Rams are like right on the line of bad jersey combo. So they yeah. may be the, the, the tiebreaker for my whole theory because now I love the blue. I love the helmet. I hate the so gradient you, on the number. Okay. What I about the, the logo change? Pants. The logo change, not terrible. Not great, not terrible. But the pants, the little bone thing they're doing, just go to white. Just just go to white. What are you doing? This is it's so nonsensical. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of growing on me. The uh, the the just slightly different color blue, and then the logo change seemed. I understand, you know, they're trying to be a different Los Angeles Rams. Mm. There, but and the new stadium and everything, which is that stadium is unbelievable. Looks gorgeous. The only reason I like I watching the say, Chargers play is because they play in that stadium. And that they're stadium, also not bad. And Allegiant Stadium, the new Raiders Stadium. They look so beautiful. They look so beautiful. But that's beyond the point. Moving on. All right, Greg, I know you watch college football. Did you watch any of these games that I got up on here? These upsets? I We, we were doing our other podcast when the uh, Coastal Carolina game was on. You have that listed here. I had some money on Coastal Carolina because I thought they were uh, they played Wednesday <laughs> night for some reason. But uh, oh, they did. Oh, okay, I'm like, wait. I what? thought they were gonna run the table and be uh, one of those undefeated teams that's way out of the playoff. But um, they weren't favored very much betting wise over Appalachian State. So I guess the the uh, what you call it, the guys, the handicappers knew something that. Mm. As layman didn't know, but I watched the end well, of the Illinois. Appalachian State is a pretty good team. I mean, they gave Miami a run for their money for whatever that means. I watched a uh, part of the other two games. You have the Illinois and Penn State here. One of the upsets Thank with you. Illinois beating Penn State. You talked about the New York uh, Carolina game the being York. the worst game of the weekend. Giants. <laughs> this was the worst game of the weekend, but also one of the most interesting because it went to nine overtimes. Nine overtimes. Now that's a bit of a bit of a red herring, folks. Now me and Greg talked about it right before getting on. Greg didn't know of this rule change. I knew of it, but I completely forgot of it. So when I saw nine overtimes and a bunch of zeros, I was like, "Wow, some defensive stops." But no. I believe it's after the second overtime or the third overtime. After, the, after each one has a chance, they go to the <laughs> two-point conversion only. They go to sudden death two-point conversions. You have one play to get two, three yards, and it just goes back and forth. And it made for a very anticlimactic ending because back in the day, you'd see a nine overtime game and it'd be like, 50 to something because there's touchdowns and people aren't hitting two point conversions, but nope, just a one back and forth, back and forth. So if nine overtimes, the score was 20 to 18. Thank you, NCAA. It was wild. It was the, those teams, obviously Penn State over ranked. Yes, they, uh, they were number seven. They struggled mightily, but they could have won it on multiple occasions. They had seven 
sudden death chances <laughs> because neither team could score a two point conversion. It was wild. They yeah. run the ball, Both get hit behind the line the of scrimmage, incomplete pass. And then Illinois uh, got it in ninth finally. And then the last game, oh. as Greg alluded to, Iowa State versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State always ready to lose this game at all times. And it's going to ruin uh, Oklahoma's chances because well, now this game, their la- end of the season game looks more less impressive. They have to play Iowa State as well, I think. But, yeah, I mean, if OU wins out, they'll probably slip in. Although Alabama jumped them in the rankings today yeah. when they came out. Right. Getting ahead of yourself. You know but, how this uh, works. Oh, up who's down. Okay. I was thinking in and out. They're both in. But, well, we can talk a little bit about yeah. the Oklahoma game where they were down 10 to nothing at halftime and they then were. came back I saw and that scored. To Kansas. I was like, oh my gosh, if they lose to they, Kansas, uh, that would make me laugh. They, yeah, they, they was, can't seem to not play a close game. I know. <laughs> they haven't. Uh, TCU last weekend I was think, probably I the think closest thing. Yeah, I'm about to say, I think they've boat raced one team, and that's about it. Every other game, oh, the second game of season, super but, yeah, it's bad. But they scored 35 unanswered points in the second half to take the win. And like I said, we'll bring it up later. But well, since you're going to talk about your team, Miami held on 31-30 to beat NC State, who was ranked 18. Upset? We shouldn't be upsetting NC State. Fire Manny Diaz, please. It was not a big uh, matchup weekend in college football. There weren't any top-ranked teams playing top-ranked teams, but a few upsets, as we discussed. Well, now it's time for who's up, who's down, who's in, who's out. Greg, I'm sorry I cut you off there. Nope, that's what I was going to say. I was just going to lead you into that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, who's up? Uh, You know, I like starting out with who's in, who's out. Who's in? BYU back in after being out for a week. Iowa State in after beating Oklahoma State. Who's out? North Carolina State, who, again, University of Miami beat. And Purdue, after beating number two Iowa, Purdue lost to Wisconsin. Wisconsin finally doing something good for the country because nobody really wanted to see Purdue ranked. Shouldn't be ranked. They're a bad team. Bad team. Um, who's up? Who's down? Biggest fall. Penn State dropped 13 spots from number seven to number 20. Coastal Carolina drops 10 spots from 14 to 24. Oklahoma State dropped seven spots from eight to 15. Oklahoma dropped one spot from three to four. That's because Alabama jumped them to be in the top three. So our top six right now is Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan. That really sets up for the big house game, wherever they decide to play this year. Who else is up? Eh, Nobody much of import. Oh, uh, Pittsburgh went up again because they beat a bad Clemson team. And that's all that really matters. <clears throat> Moving on. Greg. Yes, sir. Now, Got you're some. From Texas. Do you, are you a fan of the Houston Astros? I, I am not. I grew up a Rangers fan and the Astros were, they weren't even in the American league back then. They were in the national league, yeah, which as a Texas Rangers, American league team, I had no idea what was going on in the national league back then. It wasn't until <laughs> we got to watch the Cubs and the Braves play all the time with um, cable was started being a big thing. TBS. Super yeah, station. TBS and WGN. But, uh, so, no, I, I had been to a couple Astros games down in the Astrodome back in the 80s. But, no, not an Astros fan. Okay. Well, Astros, with all their controversy, are moving on to the World Series thanks to Johnny B. Dusty Baker Jr., um, the man that has shielded them from all the animosity of the world. He's protected them at every turn. And you know what, Astros? You're a fucking trash organization because you still haven't given him a contract extension because you want him to, you want to get rid of him and now he's got you to the World Series and I'm going to be rooting for the Braves, but you know what? If the Astros win, I'm going to laugh at your face because you're going to have to sign him or the world will turn on you once again. All right? In my mind, Dusty Baker's always in the playoffs, but I was surprised to see that even though he's been there, he hasn't won a World Series championship. Yes, exactly. That's he's what the knock on him. He's always it. gotten there and then always falls just short. I think and this is the first time he's actually like reached right the after. World Series. 
Exactly. Yeah. Shout out to Davey Martinez and the Nats. Run T leads. They fucking win their first year. Um, but yes, yeah, so and then the Braves, the Braves, the bumbling Braves finally capped it off. They didn't allow the Dodgers to come back from 3-1 this year. They finished it once they got home, sadly. It was funny because after the Dodgers won game five, they were coming back to Atlanta and Max Scherzer was supposed to start for game six. And you know how I love Max Scherzer. I was like, damn. I want the Braves to win because I, I called the Braves, if you remember, I called the Braves. I said Braves raise, raise that bounce. But I was like, damn, if it goes to seven, the Braves are going to get two in their head. They have to yeah. have it in six. So I need Max to like give us seven perfect innings and then get blown up. They, like they get blown up at the seventh, eighth. But Max got pulled. He, he had been complaining about dead arm and yeah. said he wasn't fit to start. So. The yeah, Bueller pitched a lot game. too. It was interesting that they started him, but he only pitched four. Yeah, but Bueller went on a short run. day rest. Yeah. Uh, I was back to the Boston series real quick. You know, they had those two games where they were just hitting grand slams left and right. And that's all they had. That's all they had. And then they <laughs> yeah, they had do it that again two game that. stretch, and that was yeah. it. They couldn't. Everybody match thought the it was over for Houston, and then Houston wins three in a row. So. Uh, the Dodgers put up a good fight. I was hoping it was going to be the Dodgers and the Astros revenge for the for the Dodgers. It would have been the best storyline possible. But the Braves, oh the Braves fans, I, I enjoyed watching them in the in the crowd, like in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth mm-hmm. or top of the ninth, the first out. Everybody's hugging like they they're getting close. <laughs> and then the second one, everybody's going crazy, and it was just exciting yeah, can't for it. the fans because it's uh. It's a big deal going to the World Series, and they have a shot. And everybody hates the Astros, so everybody's going to be pulling for them. Exactly, except for Kyle. Kyle will not be pulling for them. (laughs) Um, Freddie Freeman, one of the greatest people on earth. It sucks that he's a brave, but he's a great dude. Um, What was I just about to say? Shoot. Shit. I forgot what I was about to say. The point I was going to make. Damn it. Well... Maybe I'll remember it later. Greg, who do you got? I had to go with the hot team, man. The Astros just, they they seem solid up and down the lineup. They're, it's just, uh, I don't know a lot about the Braves, but they showed me a lot in that series against uh, the Dodgers. So I think it's going to go six, but I think uh, Houston's going to do it four games to two, just like this last series. For both teams. I remembered what I forgot. So I was going to say, speaking of the Dodgers, um, in this offseason, they gave Trevor Bauer all that money. And then he gets suspended because he has a weird thing with a woman. And that's in courts right now and all that. But the money they gave him was the money they didn't give Kike Hernandez, who went off for the Red Sox. They didn't give the Jock Peterson who went to Chicago and then got traded to Atlanta and was performing very well for them. So two people that were on their team that they chose not to give the money out to go after this big splash where everybody kind of thought they were selling their soul because Trevor Bauer had issues even before this whole ordeal happened. Um, those guys have performed for other teams in the postseason, and some of the things the Dodgers needed in this series in particular was depth and timely hitting outside of their pitching woes because they lost Dustin May really early in the season to arm injury. They lost Kershaw. They lost Muncie, but then they lost Justin Turner, and that was the last domino to fall, and they needed those extra bats. Yeah, I think Turner could have made a huge difference last night especially. Uh, seeing him on the, in the dugout, even though I hate his face, just because he's such a Rockies <laughs> killer, dude. I, I just hate looking at him; he just bugs the shit out of me. But uh, he, they needed him for sure. It was weird seeing Pujols <laughs> play at the bat. All the, yeah, you know, it's like I forgot that dude is still in the league. But yeah. well, baseball. I it it. This is hard for me to say, but I'm going to go with the Braves. I'm going to not only I'm going to go with the Braves. I'm going to root for Dusty Baker, but I'm also going to root for the Braves because the Braves midseason had to rearrange their entire outfield after Acuna Jr. had got hurt, after Marcelo Zuna ended up having a domestic violence situation. He got basically pulled from the team. Um, They went and traded for Jock Peterson. They went and traded for Jorge Solar, who hasn't even played. I think he got hurt in one of the earlier series. Um, And Eddie Rosario has been a man possessed these last couple games. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm going to be rooting for the Braves. I do like their team, even though the Braves and the Marlins have well-established beef, well-established beef, but I can't, I can't have Alex Bregman's. He looks like the jock in the high school movie that you want to punch in the face. Yeah, he just has sure. that face. So I can't have it's that face. It's tough for me this. because I have family season ticket holders for the Astros at every playoff game. Mm-hmm. And then I got family that have been in Atlanta for a long time and huge uh, That's Braves right. fans. So it's like, which one do I want to be happy? I think the Taylor Braves probably, although my cousins went to Georgia and they look to be pretty good for a national championship <laughs> this year if they hold on. But uh, after the disappointment in the Super Bowl of the Atlanta Falcons, I remember the uh, tale of two halves of uh, my cousins during that Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, I can tell you a little story here. So I had just moved to the city when that Super Bowl, like that whole run happened. So I went to a bar. I was living in the city proper at that time. I walked to a bar around the corner to watch the game. First half, 28-3. I was like, Okay, I love football, but this is a stinker. I'm going home. I'm going to go work on some things. So I went home, started working on something on my computer. I think I had the TV on something else. And then, but I had recorded the game. So I was like, let me see the halftime performance. Watched it with Lady Gaga. I was like, pretty good. And then as the game kept going, I kind of caught back up. And I was like, one of my brothers is a Patriots fan. And I was like, this can't be happening. <laughs> Like everyone, I was leaving the bar. People are honking their horns. Everybody's going crazy nuts. By the time like the third quarter ends, the streets is dead silent. <laughs> I was like, oh no, <laughs> I've heard about this Atlanta curse thing, but I'm not privy to it in this way. So that was an introduction to this sports town. Yep. It's, it's funny, but not for them. So I guess uh, I'm kind of pulling for the Braves, but I'm picking Houston to take it. Alrighty. Moving on. Welcome to the, welcome to the- I think we're surprised how quick and quick name and hits quick hit. Wrong sounder. Greg. Yes, Joe. Are you gonna rub <laughs> it in? You're gonna rub yep. it in. The first yep. time our two teams have met in a couple years. <laughs> two or three so, years. Well, since the before COVID. So last night. Uh, we were having the watch party, right? And the I believe we scored the third goal while me and Kyle were looking at each other, uh, Flyers, Panthers. And then we scored the empty netter, and it was over at that point. Then we started the show. Two nights before, we beat the Avalanche. Two nights before that, we beat the Lightning. I hit the trifecta this week. The Florida Panthers are still undefeated, and I beat my co-host team. I beat Greg's team, and I beat Kyle's team. It was a glorious evening. Yeah, my avalanche started off strong, beating a bad team, although their goaltender was the the flower, Fleury, but uh, they got to him. Mm. And then they played uh, some really good teams. I don't know if St. Louis is any good, but then they lost three in a row. But then they came back and beat those same Lightning last night in a shootout. Ooh. So that was good. They needed the points, but so did the Lightning. But the Lightning are struggling a little bit as well. It's all going to come come together. I mean, there's too much talent. You would hope. The Panthers are good, man. They uh, the Avs just kind of made some stupid plays, took some dumb penalties. Uh, the Panthers are playing some of the best hockey I've ever seen them play. The Hoover dude has been clicking on all cylinders, Barky, Barkov, and Carter Verhage. A conversation is needed because this guy, since we got him from the Lightning, has not disappointed in the slightest. I still, I mean, I can understand why the Lightning got rid of him. Well, not why they got rid of him, but the fact that they got rid of him because they have so much talent everywhere else that he was kind of disposable. But he is so good. And the biggest acquisition, which wasn't an acquisition at all, Ekblatt broke his leg towards the end of last year. Our defense kind of went to shit. He's also our quarterback in, uh, effectively our quarterback in the power play. He's come back. He has five points in five games. He's a difference maker on this team, and it's so good to see him healthy. I didn't think he'd be healthy for the start of the season, but when he was, I was like, all right, I think we actually have a chance. I'm watching the Avalanche make stupid 
plays and our captain in the first game of the season decides to board somebody and gets a two game suspension. And then when he came back against Florida, he boarded a guy then. It wasn't as Jeez. bad and the dude didn't get hurt or anything, but why? It's such an easy thing to avoid. If you see the numbers, you do not hit player, Like missed the first couple of games because of With COVID. COVID. Yeah, he had he yeah. was tested positive. <clears throat> he tested so positive a second time, so he missed the second game. But he came back. I think his first game was uh, the one against uh, before we played. We played Washington, the Capitals, before we played Florida. And we lost to them as well. But yeah. everybody's back. Well, not everybody. There's some guys that aren't back, but we'll be fine. As long as we make the playoffs, I'm, I'll be happy. And they should win the conference. But we'll see. Well, I might have a little good karma because I picked you guys to win it all a couple weeks ago. And now my team's undefeated. So, yeah. so did the handicappers. Right. <laughs> On to the NBA. The NBA has started. Me and Brennan were supposed to do our uh, awards last week, but we were running out of time. But I'll give a quick roundup. Uh, the Lakers, whew, they don't look as good as we thought they would. Uh, their big three has not gotten it figured out just yet. Uh, Chicago, I was kind of not high on Chicago with all their moves in the offseason, getting Lonzo Ball, getting DeMar DeRozan, um, diminishing the, effectively diminishing the role of Kobe White. But Zach Levine, now they benefited from playing the Detroit Pistons twice already. So... Take that what you will. But they're 3-0. and They look to be very good. The Knicks also look to be better than I gave them credit after they acquired uh, Kemba Walker. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, 2-0. and It's very early, but eventually they'll come. They'll regress back to the mean, but they seem to be looking pretty good. Also, a team that I didn't give probably the proper credit. Golden State Warriors look really good again. I thought they'd be okay to middling. Uh, that may fix itself when the Clippers and the Lakers get their shit together, as well as the Suns. Um, but yeah, for now, Golden State undefeated. They look good. Obviously, my Denver Nuggets look good. I don't really need to even talk about that because, you know, that's what we do. Shout out to Nikola Jokic, the MVP, bringing it back, running it back. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., get off your ass. Play better, please. I have you on my fantasy team as well. Get better. That's all I have to say. Greg. I uh, well, just, uh, go nuggets. Uh, so yeah, so there was a one title fight over the weekend. Uh, the WBO Junior Lightweight Championship was on the line when champion Jamel Herring took on Shakur Stevenson last night for mm-hmm. the title. And uh, Shakur came out the young, really young guy, talented, but hasn't shown his potential now? that everybody has expected. Uh, let's see how old that guy. I watched is. the fight. I forget. He's he's very young, though. I don't know. But I think he's like Herring early twenties. Herring, they said going into the fight, 24. his his game plan was to bully Stevenson from the beginning, and from the bell opening bell, he was backing up, and Shakur was just Media. boxing him, just tagging him, just didn't. I mean, he didn't. He beat him up, but he didn't. You know, just brutalize him. He just outboxed him out class team and it was uh it was impressive Shakur Stevenson's best fight by far showed the talent that we've all been waiting to see a little I disagree with you a little I I feel like he had a couple flurries in the third round where it was like he's kicking this dude's ass and I don't know if this dude's gonna last but um Herring had a Okay, showing in the fourth, a fifth better round, showing yeah. in the fifth. Yeah, fifth was probably his best That's round. That's when he did what um, he said he was going to do. He, he pressed him, he punched, he yeah. went at him. He but started he couldn't sustain getting them headlocks, he was getting, getting it real yeah. dirty. Yeah. But after that, it was just it, Shakur could hit him at any point he wanted to. Uh, and he did. And he eventually got a freaking welt on his head so big that he burst it like a fucking grape. Yeah, uh, that's his corner threw in the towel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, yeah. I thought it was just a TKO by the ref. Well, that was oh, maybe the other fight. There was a one fight where the oh, it was the fight before where against uh, Muhammad oh, Ali's yeah. grandson, where the the corner waved the flag and the dude got really upset at his corner. You're right. That's what was the TKO because he wasn't yeah, the he punched it back and he was like, getting hit. Yeah, uh, but it ended with so. uh, Shakur hitting like hit him with two, and then he was coming again to hit him with another, and then the ref just grabbed him. And was like, it's over. So, yeah. oh, really he got a fight. second belt um, and a second weight class. So that's what he was. His yeah, goal was multiple this. weight class. 
So he's uh, not going to slow down. Didn't even look like he expected that much energy. He's 24. He's 17 and 0. How far up the division, the weight classes, do you think he will try to go? Welter. That's well, usually where, because I used to think watching the Mayweather when he was like, um, was it flyweight? Like way back, he was tiny and yeah. considered that he made it all the way up to welterweight. Did he even make it past that to middleweight? I don't know. He didn't make it to middleweight, but he, he did it. It's just, they, they just was, get bigger, you know, the as they get older, that would have probably been either welter. I think most of his big fights were at welterweight. Okay. But. Yeah, welterweight, I think, is where the, most of those really small guys aim for because they mm-hmm. can't really go beyond that. Yeah. Because they just, they're not tall enough and they're, they could get bulky and I get to make them, they kind of get stuck. But that's yeah. where, you know, where uh, Sugar Ray, Leonard, and, you know, they had a bunch of fights around that weight, that weight Oscar De La Hoya back in the day. The, so the I think that's that probably where he'll most, shoot for. The thing that impressed me most about him was his ability to slip punches um like in those first three four rounds it didn't look like uh herring was hitting him at all like if you look at the the punches landed it was like the disparity was so insane yeah so if he can keep that level of speed and elusiveness uh i think he can go really far because that's also like the last um What's my guy's name? That's the last Canelo thing. When I saw Canelo kind of put all of it together, the defense as well as the power punching. Um, and Tessa Torres said something that was funny. He was like a couple years ago when they saw him, they were like, they, they think he's developing that grown man strength. And now that he's 24, he's a little older. Like some of his punches are hitting, landing harder. So it's going to be really interesting seeing him uh, continue to move on. I remember going into his last couple of fights. I was expecting performance that we had last night and he, I mean, he won him, but he didn't show what he showed. Like, all the potential people saw in him came out last night, and I think it's just the beginning for him. Uh, one more thing, a quick hits I didn't put on the run- rundown, but I wanted to mention we had the uh, U.S. Grand Prix today in uh, Circuit of the oh, Americas. And I just Austin? want to mention the crowds this whole, yeah, in, around Austin. The crowds this whole weekend were unbelievable. Probably not COVID mm. safe, but to see the enthusiasm <laughs> in the United States for Formula One is good to see because we're going to get another race next year in Miami. Miami, and, baby. Uh, I think the the Netflix show, was it, Fight Drive to Survive or whatever it's called, I think that's really helped Something in the U.S. Like with getting some interest in the Formula One. So I'm excited for the growth of Formula One in the United States. Just wanted to mention that. So, so check it out. And also uh, the title won? fight, Is the championship fight. Uh, uh, Verstappen won. He uh, Versta- lost the Max lead Verstappen on the first lap. Though. Max Verstappen won. He uh, he pitted earlier than Hamilton and got ahead of him and stayed ahead of him, even though Hamilton was getting closer and closer down to the wire. But he ran out of laps, so Verstappen mm-hmm. extended his lead in the championship. So it's going to come down to the wire, and that's what all you can hope for in Formula One because there's it's uh, it's a hard sport to make moves in, but mm. it's exciting to watch a lot of the time. All but right. That's Is all I got. Else you, I feel like you're about to say something else. Before I ask who won. I wasn't. You about to say something else? No, I was just going to say. Oh, you were saying the, I was just talking about the title fight you were waiting for. Ne- no, I was just talking about the title of fight within Formula One because Hamilton oh. and Verstappen are going back and forth. It's the closest it. title. Uh, it's Hamilton's run away with. He was it's pretty close last year, but he's run away with the last however many years. So it's kind of mm. lost the the late season races. We're like, why are we even doing this? Hamilton's already clinched. Yeah, but now it could come down to the last race. So that was the title I was referring to. Yeah. So, but I was Formula say- One. You are better at this than me. Do you know when the Canelo fight is? Because they had that press conference with him and Caleb it's in November. Like so long ago. Okay. It's in the next couple of weeks, oh, November. Or I mean, maybe three weeks. It's I think it's November. Okay. It's in the it's we got in a November. Bud I just don't know the exact date. In like two three weeks. So, so we also got a yeah, but that's against right. Sean Porter. Would it be pay per view for some reason? I don't know. Anybody uh, would want to pay money to see ESPN. Porter fight, but. Okay. 
I'm sure I'll be able to watch it somehow. Maybe. Time for the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right, Greg, you know, this works. Plug everything you need to plug. Well, I've only got one thing going on, and that's uh, the other podcast we have that Joe and I do with three other fellas called A New Low. So give that a listen if you enjoy our voices. Not Brennan's because Brennan isn't on that one, but he's <laughs> he's with us in spirit. Anulo.co yes. is the website for all things in the Anulo podcast network. So please check that out. Joe. All right. And you can check you? me out at Joe Dorval on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Kieran Press. You can check out my hip hop website. Uh, no, sorry. You can, have, you can check out my website, joedorval.com. Uh, check out my hip hop albums, TV and TV season two, under the moniker headphone Joe, no O, no E in the phone. Also, you can check out my merch on the website as well. Also, don't forget to check out Brennan's uh, website, Brennan T Comedy. Also, Brennan T Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and check out his podcast. Uh, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Uh, highly recommend yeah. it. Highly so recommend it. Highly recommend the last episode with Matt Fultron, the full charge, the concierge, your baby's father's, your baby mother's father, something like that. It's another nickname in there somewhere. <laughs> Very funny, though. Very funny. All right, Greg, I'm going to get you out of here. Thank you for filling in, buddy. That's uh, why we play the game. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Huge shout, Chloe and Kane. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.